Welcome to Tales from Great Shell, to episode two of season one, a podcast featuring one-of-a-kind stories from the universe of the upcoming Great Shell Chronicles series of novels. I am your host, Simon Woodington. On this occasion, we will be getting to know Kadri, a young warrior of the Yozanite tribe who struggles with her sister and the perils of the sprawling forest. Let us begin. She wasn't thinking about the venom when the teeth flashed inches from her nose. The pinkish mouth gaped wide and automatically she retreated her arm. The jaw clapped shut and she was prompted to dart to one side to avoid the silvery beast's forward dash. From behind she could see the black mottled pattern on its head and thick, vine-like body. Kadri's toned figure was hunkered down and primed for movement as the stone was both taller and twice as fast as she. It whirled and shining eyes tracked her movement. She had but one chance. Her body burned with exertion and with the burden of mana she carried. The stone's gaze lowered and she leapt as high as she could manage. The branch she hung onto swayed, but thankfully it held her weight. She looked down and saw that the predator was stunned after colliding into the elder tree. Surprisingly fast in recovery, the triangular head angled upward with a menacing wrist that echoed in her ears. She swung her legs back in time for the cell's upward strike to just miss the cloth-booted ankle. She continued to swing until there was enough natural momentum to propel herself to the elder's massive trunk. From there, swiftly upward to the nearest branch able to support her entire body weight. A rasping cry wafted up and she watched the creature slink off, dissatisfied and hungry. Sympathetic worry pulsed in her heart. Hunting was scarce when the leaves fell. Even so, she would not be its next meal. You're just perfect, Kadri, aren't you? With the worry of death gone, the next most fraught memory invaded her thoughts. She was not perfect. How could Janessa say such a careless thing? Kadri tried to put the sharp words of her sister aside by deliberately climbing Elder Mistio as carelessly as possible. Perhaps the fear of falling would cause her to forget how hurtful her sister had been. Even after working herself to a heaving sweat, she was disappointed to find that it did not work. Kadri's jade-irised eyes fell on the sprawling lands she was sure Janessa felt herself queen of already. Master of our brothers and sisters of the forest, hero of the sparkling dawn, every creature must bow at her arrival and make their best offering. Ah, what a delightful feeling that must be. No, that wasn't right. Such sarcasm was not befitting of warrior Kadri. Did Janessa really see it that way? Was she just short Kadri? Not that it irked her being two hands shorter than the tallest girl in Gresta. It was Janessa who helped her figure that out, and not unkindly either. It was so confusing. At least Elder Mistio and the sprawling lands weren't confusing. A cool breeze wafted against her face and nudged the trail of tears on her round cheeks. Kadri felt the catch in her throat, the ep, ep, ep of breathing that told her she wanted to cry. It hurt. Why had Janessa been so... 
Kadri found a branch to perch on and buried her face in the heavy auburn fibers of her long sleeves and wept loudly into them. She cried so hard that she fell asleep, but maybe all that earth manna made her tired, too. About the village were the shifting winds that caressed the leaves of ochre, plum, and the burgundy of transformation she loved so much. To bless the lives of others with a fading ember of your own. Anja's wrinkled smile, wise and ever-trusting, held yet firm in Kadri's heart. It was at home that all was good and safe. It was with family of family that she knew herself. Sisters ran together, danced, and displayed their new movements of praise. Handsprings, side flips, whatever they were brave enough to show off for anyone else to attempt. No one could stumble Kadri. Not Grammy's shoulder to handstand, not even when she did it on just one. Ines's reverse flip did not trouble her either, but Ines was pouty as always when Kadri got it with the first try. Kika called and scolded Kadri, but she protested that she was just learning. They all clamored about how much fun they were having and how much they wanted to make everyone joyful. Janessa had looked troubled, and there were wrinkles over her eyes that Kadri had never seen before. Janessa had not tried Rami's move with just one hand, and something told Kadri that if she did, it would not be good. Kadri signed a warning to her, but Janessa shook her head with her face covered by that stubborn frown mask of determination. Kadri knew that she would not take it off until she was made to cheer or cry. Janessa's jade gold eyes looked like they were hard inside, and when she ran, her long limbs kicked and spun her body in just the right way. Janessa was so graceful to watch, and Kadri was hopeful that she might be cheering with her soon. Janessa had to land on one hand. Rami's move was precise, and when Janessa came down on her right wrist, she tipped too far forward. Her fine-fingered hand bent back against her arm as she fell onto her back. Somewhere along the way, there was a dry snap when, when you misjudged the strength of a branch. Janessa pulled herself off the ground, teary-eyed and red-faced, and when Kadri ran up to look at her limp hand, she said it. Isn't Kadri just so perfect? She had yelled. It was anger. Rage. Hate? Well, there was that snap again, but quieter. Kadri lifted her head up and thought she must have been remembering in a dream Janessa's pain-masked face. There the breaking was again, this time more clearly the tearing of wood, and Kadri listened, intent on its source. The sky was blanketed by heavy-looking rain clouds, and not too far away she could see the shiny gleam of the intruder. She must get down to the ground again, and quickly. They were at the mountain door of Kalsum's home, and he must not be disturbed. Kadri realized that she wasn't actually that high up, and was soon able to study her landing spot to determine that the Siln had not returned hungrier than before. While she did this, the younger-rooted siblings trembled, some ripped from the earth as the hulking box of metal thudded through them. Tension rippled through Kadri's body, 
and she took to the ground at the greatest speed she could manage. There was not one who could do this. Not Fressy, Arala, Juni. No, not even Janessa had the gift. Just short Kadri. Even so, she must be wise. She could charge her body with more earth energy, but that would be careless if she needed to do something even more careless. Bushes parted easily, giving way to the importance of her task. Trepidation burned within Kadri, a flare in her torso like torchlight or the breakbeam of first daylight. Not far now, at the base of the mountain, nearly a stone's throw away, Kadri slowed in the hopes that she had not alerted them to her presence, for there were two. The box-like thing, a holler, she recalled, had two long beams for arms in pairs and swung them in a wide clearing motion. The second was dressed in dark tones, blue or maybe black. Brown? His hair was light, eyes too, and when they caught sight of her, the small mouth underneath cracked a wide, mean-looking smile. She knew this one. Little Kadri, it has been a time since we have been acquainted. How long? he said, arms folded behind his back. He stood astride the holler on his mounting perch where a cascade of blinking lights shone. Kadri felt the scowl pull her mouth down and narrow her eyes. There was no respect in this feller. She signed quickly, now, stop. What? Is there a letter of writ to go with your demand? I've no formal request from grunge, was it? Oh, your little village, I suppose. Whatever you call it, he drawled and then turned away, attention fully upon the task at hand. Kadri let her simmering anger gather with some earth energy, and when she stomped her leg down, the ground underneath the holler quaked. The fellow let out a furious, startled cry. How dare you! said the tall, thin fellow with a pressed-lipped snarl. He reminded Kadri of the Selm with its dripping fangs. Redgald, turn about this moment and smash this child! Four greenish lights on the front of the holler came to life as it stopped all movement to consider the order. The ground shook just a little as it turned about on two thick legs to regard Kadri, who noticed that she was not quite within reach of its arms. No, responded Redgald with an electronic buzz. Useless hunk of metal, grumbled the feller. Was his name Gordon? Mabel? Twitch? Kadri could not remember. Even unnamed, he reached into a pocket and retrieved a small object that he jabbed with his thumb. He repeated, You will kill this interfering girl! Redgold roared and raised its arms. Kadri had had enough waiting. She let the charge in her left leg go with another stomp that shook the holler enough to unseat the feller so that he teetered backward and fell with a grunt to the ground. Redgald's arms swung down and Kadri dodged behind a large rock that had not been disturbed by her earthquaking. The burn of exhaustion flared through her right leg and thigh as she breathed evenly. Here are it, queried Redgald, just as the feller was on his feet. 
Over there, you useless thing. Move the stone. I don't care. Kajri shuddered. The intensity of his voice filled her with dread. She had no shard to ease the burden and no friend to stand with. Redgall's straight arms scraped along the edge of the stone, which refused to budge. Kadri listened to the electronic mutters of confusion and thought hard. How could she stop both this holler thing and the feller that controlled it? There was a prolonged hiss that hung on the air, and just as Kadri turned her head toward it, she felt an intense pressure on her booted right leg. As its pointed teeth sank in, terror welled in her gut. With a charge left, she struck the cell with her heel as hard as she dare. The silver-skinned creature hung on until Kadri's repeated blows brought up a reddish welt. Riss! It responded angrily and pulled back, just so it could hover out of reach of her already shaking arms. The heat and sickly ill of the venom surged through her veins, and she staggered to her feet, disoriented and wary. The holler reached forward and gripped Kadri's midsection and lifted her, kicking legs and all, off the ground. Abruptly, the reddish whelp burst with a gout of blood that was followed by a pained screech. The cell retreated into the underbrush and away from its quarry. The holler turned with her an arm and she retched, heaving mostly vile. The feller's thin figure swam in multiples before her, a strange vent tube in their hand. They all smiled at her, something despicable, and then said, I would not have survived that sound. I would not have pierced its hide with my air cutter either, if you hadn't softened it for me. I suppose then, interfering girl, that I owe you a debt. They lowered the strange little pipe down at her, and she squinted at it and tried to wipe the drool from her lip. Too bad I don't believe in debts to trash. Panic rose up in Kadri and she wriggled in Redgald's grip as she saw the tendons in their hands shift. She could not muster the energy, the focus, the rock. The fellers yelped, dropped the little dangerous tubes abruptly, and clasped their hands to their chests. Shut your trap, Donzend! Oh, that was his name. Wait, Janessa? Kadri tried to orient on them. So many. How did she... No, that... She doesn't know how to do that. Could you do that? She couldn't comprehend what Janessa was doing by waving her hands about, but Donzent was not pleased. In fact, he seemed rather frightened. What will you do with that? Child, let my sister go, or I will show you, Janessa warned him. Redgald, do it. Drop her. The pressure on Kadri's midsection eased, and as the earth came up to her feet, she let herself sprawl out on the cool, comfortable ground. There were more words, but the only thing Kadri understood was the gentle touch of Janessa's wrapped hand on her shoulder and her soft voice close to her. I am sorry, brave Kadri. Jealousy and pain make me foolish and cowardly. Kadri nodded, heaved, and then resigned not to move any more as Janessa lifted her. 
Let us get home, and you will have some medicine. Kadri thought that the idea was just delightful. Not exactly a clean ending, was it? Part of the joy of stories are the possibilities they open up to us. What will come next for our brave sisters? Perhaps someday we will find out. Your feedback and comments are welcome. Don't be shy. Your emails can be directed to comments at talesofgreatchild.com. I may choose some to be read on the podcast at the end of the next show. If you would like more information about this podcast or about the novel series Great Shell Chronicles, please visit www.talesofgreatshell.com. Well, friends and fans, our time together has been brief, but I hope it has been enjoyable. There are many more tales to come, so I hope you will join us next time to hear more from the inhabitants of Great Shell. Until next time. All content for this episode was provided by Simon Woodington.